Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for Friday, September 28th, 2023. My name is Sean Tierney. Can you believe it's already September 29th? This is our last show for September. I think the first is Sunday. So wow, where did that month go? In any case, I hope you're having an awesome Friday. I'm looking forward to five o'clock rolling around and going camping. It's kind of raining out here, but still we'll have some glasses of wine and just enjoy each other's company, my wife and I. Um, and uh, I hope you have an awesome weekend planned as well. I'll be back here tomorrow to finish cleaning the studio. It is quite a mess. So I'm moving a bunch of uh, shelves out to the uh, out into the garage, and I'm moving in a conveyor and some other stuff. So in any case, with that said, let's go ahead and get started with today's show. And uh, what I want to start with here is just a reminder to, uh, if you do enjoy the show, please give us a like, a subscribe, a, a follow, and share the show because it really helps us grow our audience and find new vendors. So very important there too. We want to cover all the major vendors. We like to interview them too. We love having vendors on the product and technology show. So in any case, I also want to thank our sponsor of this show. And today that is theautomationschool.com. If you know anybody who needs PLC, HMI, or skater training, please mention theautomationschool.com to them. Not only if they just need it for themselves, but also if they need it for their staff. From there, we go over to a press release from Rockwell Automation, and this is about their new asset risk predictor. This is from their company, Fix, and it integrates uh, into artificial intelligence to do predictive maintenance. They say in as little as a week, they can start working and predicting uh, what's happening. And I think this is going to be big in the predictive maintenance world, is using these you know, basically artificial intelligence, it's, they're not sentient robots, right? They're, or, or machines, they're really, really good um, 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 algorithms, you know, really, really good uh, uh, software. So in any case, and a lot of times they use very large uh, either language models or other models to be able to do what they do. Um, on the same vein, I saw a new article over at Siemens about uh, their... Sensei predictive maintenance app and they get a bunch of new features including uh, the spotlight feature and uh, the a tabbed user experience as well as a five whys of root cause analysis and other things so if you're a Siemens user you may want to look at the Sensei predictive maintenance app from there we go over to Aviva now we've talked a lot in the past about PLM I think especially when we're talking about PTC but if you're an Aviva customer you may uh, be interested to know that they have partnered with ARIS, A-R-A-S, ARIS, to uh, offer uh, PLMs, their PLM software, along with Aviva's uh, Unified Engineering, uh, uh, E3D Design, and Asset Information Management Systems. So that's a pretty interesting uh, partnership there. From there, we go over to Inductive. A couple of big announcements from Inductive, of course, they're having their big conference this week. And I think it's this week. Pretty sure it's this week. And... Um, they're announcing a couple of different things. First of all, um, they're announcing multi-tenant licensing for Ignition Cloud. Now, this is going to allow customers to build commercial hosted applications on top of the Ignition platform. So I think this is very interesting. I'd love to learn more about this, but I can see an SI developing a commercial application that they, they, they uh, then could offer to uh, different end users, right? So uh, very interesting stuff there. Also, pretty um, impressive too is that they are simplifying the Ignition Edge product line down to just two part numbers. There's going to be Ignition Edge IIoT and Ignition Edge Panel. 
And that's it. They're both going to have no limits on tags or devices, and they will both include MQTT transmission capabilities. So very cool, nice. I love seeing people simplify things and just have one price and you get lots of features. So very uh, interesting announcement from uh, Inductive here today. From there, we go over to Siemens. Now, this is an article on the future of generative AI. It's kind of an introductory article. And this is where, as it pertains in design and manufacturing. So I wanted to include this. I think we've had other articles previously that talked about really the similar topic and, and similar points, but I did want to include it. If you're somebody who's keeping track of AI, following AI, this is just another article to add to your, uh, to your book box. Um, from there, we go over to a new product from Banner. I think this is really interesting. If you're watching the show, you can see on the screen, we have this small uh, water tape box with a, uh, an LED on the top. And then in the front, we have an HMI. And this is a canned HMI program that's in here. And it's designed to connect to Banner Snap ID devices, condition monitoring devices. And the whole, I guess the whole purpose of this is to allow you to have um, asset monitoring without having to have a computer and learn programming and all of that. So they call this their asset monitoring gateway with Snap ID, condition monitoring made easy. And so as I was reading through this, I also include a link to the product page. It just seems like a really cool uh, idea that you would give somebody a canned HMI, right? That can connect to the cloud. If you want their cloud service, they can connect to the cloud. And you just wire up all that condition monitoring, you know, whatever devices you need for your system. And then it takes care of everything after you walk through some steps there on the screen. It takes care of doing your data collection and alarming and feeding data to the cloud and everything. I just thought it was a very interesting product. And I'd love to learn more about that as well. From there, we go over to uh, SICK. And now, the link, this link here isn't working. But I did want to cover this new product. It's called the PicoScan 100. It's a 2D LiDAR sensor. Now, we've had uh, PNF on, RC from PNF on, to talk about LiDAR, if you want to get up to speed on that in a previous podcast. But this particular uh, model is a both high-performance and cost-effective in a small housing, right? So really small size. And so, you know, they say the scanning, scanning range is up to 75 meters, right? And it also says it's a highly accurate system and um, has a frequencies, uh, supports frequencies, scanning frequencies of 15 hertz to 50 hertz. Now, the, as far as the drivers, I don't know how we would integrate this into one of our systems. And of course, I couldn't read deeper because the link's not working. But uh, the drivers include ROS, C++, and Python. I would love to see something there like, in, like an industrial field bus. But in any case, from there, we go over to our featured product of today, manu manu yeah, manufacturing. No, that's not what I want to say. See, this is live TV, right? Um, mastering Logics Applications with PLC Logics 5000. Now, I found this software uh, a couple years ago. Really cool, right? So for those of you who want to learn control logics, in my courses, I talk about, like, it's difficult. The, you know, aside from the 30-day temporary activation you get from your local distributor, you know, how do you buy, even, even use the stuff costs a lot of money, right? And then the software, right, to get it from Rockwell, even the least, the, the lowest end package is hundreds of dollars, right? So if you get a one-year uh, license to it, subscription to it. So uh, I found this package, though. This is called PLC Logics 5000. And as you can see in this image here, if you're watching, um, this one software package simulates 
uh, Arislogic Studio 5000. So you can see it there. It's not version 35, right? But it does a great job of simulating it. Trust me, now you, every feature in Studio 5000 is not in this product, okay? But if you need to learn ladder logic, this is this is great, right? It really does feel like you're in um, RS Logic Studio 5000. But in addition to simulating the um, the programming software, it, it does not simulate RS Links. I'll just say it up front. When you go to download it, it just puts it right into the simulated controller. But that's my next point. It simulates a full rack of hardware, right? So not only does it simulate the PLC, the controller, the PAC, the control logics, it also simulates a full rack of I/O and you can use them with this. What This is their uh, legacy uh, trainer. So you can see how you get all the switches here. You can turn them on and off for the inputs. You get the pilot lights for the outputs. You can even do BCD. I had somebody ask that over at Locals um, recently. So um, we were talking about Todd and Fred. If, you're, if you ever did BCD in Rockwell, you know what I'm talking about. And those are not people. Um, and also analog I.O. interface. So it comes with that. But it doesn't just come with that, right? So that would be pretty good. But, you know, what it also comes with is several simulated applications. And I'll just share a couple of my favorites here. This one is, uh, they call it Silo. And in this application, you have to turn the conveyor on until it gets the boxes in front of the photo eye, then turn the conveyor off and fill the box until the level sensor tells you it's full. And when the level sensor is, when the box is full, then you can uh, uh, continue on to the next box comes down and there's, um, Three different recipes here. You can go through our box sizes and whatnot. The other one I really like is uh, this one here. And this is uh, the batching. So you have a tank with two ingredients you can put in, you can mix, you can heat. Uh, you can do it for a variable amount of times. You have three different recipes you can select, but you also can choose how many you want to make of each batch. So let's say you're making, I don't know, let's say you're making uh, cola, right? And uh, so you could say, all right, I want 10 colas. And then maybe you want just some, some uh, you know, some seltzer or whatever these ingredients are. They don't tell you what they, you know, one's blue and one's yellow. So um, in any case, if you wanted just blue, you can make 10 of those, you can make 10 just yellow, and then you can make 10 mix, which gives you, in this case, like a light green. But in any case, um, these are these are great applications. Then the course, what I do is now, you can get the course alone. Let's say you already have PLC Logics, or you're going to just use the, the, the demo version, which I think it's 15 days. You can pick up the course for 39 bucks. Um, if you already, uh, if you want to buy a copy of PLC Logics from us, uh, we charge the same price as the vendor. You get the course for free, so it's it's your choice either way. But I, I really enjoyed uh, doing this course, and I actually have uh, uh, three or four other courses like this coming on different simulators. So I'm working with all these different simulation companies, um, and uh, we'll be releasing more courses. Plus, these uh, these will be making their way into the actual PLC courses as well. So when you go to do an exercise, you'll have options to use some of these different simulators or just use a real PLC and pilot lights and motors if you have those available. But in any case, I wanted to share that with you this morning, Mastering Logics Applications with PLC Logics 5000. From there, we go over to a motion control technology primer from Electromate, and I was reading through this this morning, and you know what? I thought they did a really good job of covering the basics of what is motion control. So if you have any junior people on your staff or if you've never used motion control and you want to get into it, um, I thought they did an excellent job of kind of going through all the basics, closed loop, open loop, and all of that. From there, we go over to OnLogic, and they had a very interesting article about, they actually had a couple articles, so I'm only going to cover one today. But this article, I think, is a great to, introduction to peak shaving. So in a lot of facilities, they have to worry about peak demand, right? So there are certain times during the day where they, if they go over a certain amount of consumption of power, 
the bill skyrockets, uh, skyrockets for electricity. In a lot of places that I know of, they would have cogeneration facilities to avoid that. It was cheaper to have their own power plant than actually get, you know, dinged by the electric company for, uh, for getting into that peak area. And so this really kind of describes what peak shaving is. Again, if you're not familiar with it or you have a junior person on your staff, great, great reading here. And uh, then as they go through this, they talk about one of their customers that actually had an application where they used an OnLogic's industrial computer. Don't forget, we have a full uh, episode of the Automation Podcast with OnLogic. I learned so much about their product line from that podcast. It was a fun podcast too. So it's a uh, video and audio available on video and audio. It was uh, this week's podcast, Wednesday's podcast. So check that out. I didn't put a link here, but there is a link at automate.news to it. In any case, um, uh, I thought this might be a good time to talk about what I think was the best example of trying to avoid that peak power demand charges. And um, it was back when Universal Studios down in Florida used to do the backstage tours. And uh, so uh, back then the, the Hulk was a new roller coaster ride. And this ride had like, I don't know, I th let's just say I had like 200 motors, right? That would shoot the roller coaster zero to 60 in two seconds. And uh, that momentum would carry the roller coaster through the rest of the ride, right? And so one of the things I liked about that was when we took the backstage tour, not only seeing all those VFDs and PLCs, right, doing the controls, but also seeing how they avoided the peak demand charges by using four very large motor generators. And so what they would do in the morning, they would come in, they would start all the motors up, and they had these huge flywheels on them, right? And so they would slowly spin up, spin up, and spin up and get that momentum going. And then right before they would shoot a, a roller coaster full of uh, people on the ride, they would switch the motors into generator mode and they would use the, the, them to provide all of the power to shoot that thing off every time. And that way, they never saw that huge peak uh, every time they shut the roller coaster off. They just used those motor generators and the momentum of those flywheels to provide the power. So I always loved that example. I, I went on that tour multiple times because I just thought it was so cool. And really, you're standing there on, on the side of these huge generators. I could never detect the change. Like, the guy who worked there, he was like, oh, yeah, we just shot the roller coaster off again. And I was like, I could never hear the change in the humming of the generators that tell that they switched from motor to generator and back. But in any case, that, that's my, uh, my story. And uh, next up, we have an article from DigiKey. And uh, this is a USB Type-C standardization. What, when, and why? Or where, when, and what? <laughs> Get that right. In any case, USB-C, um, you may not know, but the European Union is forcing that on, on, consume, on uh, vendors because they're like, it's crazy that we have all these different charging cables. And I kind of agree with them. I mean, most in America, most of our electronics have gone to USB-C except for Apple. I believe Apple's already required to provide them in Europe. So uh, my wife actually was telling me the other day, she heard that Apple was changing over to it in the United States. Probably makes sense because why would you want to make two different phones, one with USB-C and one with Lightning, right? But in any case, um, very interesting stuff here. Uh, I thought it was a very interesting read. So if you're following USB and USB Type-C, whether it's for work or for, you know, for uh, personal stuff, um, check this article out. I thought they did a good job explaining what's going on there. From there, we go over the Maple Systems. Now, this is uh, like a, their uh, monthly newsletter. And uh, I'm glad to see it back because uh, the last couple of months, all they've been doing was taking surveys. So now they're back and they uh, what they did is from PAX Expo, they went around and tried to find every place that their HMIs were used. And they took a bunch of pictures of the different applications. They even have a video here and uh, where all their HMIs are. And that's great. I mean, I think that's good. They're very happy to see a lot of people using their HMIs. 
And so uh, that's what they have in the newsletter. And then they have a list of everybody they saw at Pack Expo that had a um, Maple Systems HMI. And some of the big names you'll see here, like Cognex and um, Universal Robots and whatnot. So a lot of OEMs there too. Sealed Air, you see them there. Um, so just a lot of familiar names on this list. Integrators, engineering firms, and so on. From there, we go over to the latest uh, newsletter from Positol. And uh, this, they're covering in this newsletter three different things, or four different things. Um, they have an article here about their new next-gen analog inclinometers. Okay, very interesting stuff there. They also have a video on it. And um, they also have an article about increasing the life of your drawer wire sensor, okay, or encoder. Right? I, I don't think I've ever seen an application that used a draw wire sensor or, or encoder. Um, from there, they go into an, an article about, you can see kind of where the, some of this is leading, um, how to improve construction machine performance with Positel encoders, okay? And then finally, I thought this was good too, find the right coupling for your machine. So they have an article here about different types of couplers. Um, and with that, we go over to an article, or actually a video, it's our video of the day. It's from Software Toolbox, and it's getting started with Data Hub Web View. So apparently with Data Hub, you know, it, it, it's a Data Hub, right? And I'll show you a picture in a moment. But they also have this Web View, like HMI software. So if you wanted to learn how to use that, they have a video here. Um, I'd love to learn more about this Data View. You can see here, or this Data Hub, you see here that uh, they got a gear here, and then they have OPC, they have .NET, they have Excel, they have MQTT. They have Aviva. They have all this stuff around the around of it. So um, in any case, uh, this looks like a very interesting product. With that, we have a couple of events coming up. If you're using Horner's OCS, then uh, they're having a webinar on October 10th at 2 p.m. Eastern on how to set up the user access on it. And this is an interesting one. If you're into welding, uh, Universal Robots is having an, uh, a webinar on the Cobot Welder Uncensored how real fabricators are getting it done with Cobots. And so this is on, let's see, October 12th at 1400. So I'm assuming that's 2 p.m. Eastern. And with that, we go to downloads. And there's a couple here. There's one from Siemens. It's called uh, Getting Started with the Siemens Industrial AI Portfolio. Sounds very interesting. And there's another download here. This is patch P021 for WinCC OA318. In addition to that, we had a bunch of new literature come out today. First up, we have a, uh, a manual for the Step 7 and PCS7 gateway for ABB Masterbus 300. I never heard of that before, but you can see an image here if you're watching um, of what the ABB Masterbus 300 redundant network looks like. And from there, we go over to a 200-page document on the uh, Cloud Connect Cymatic CC7 from Siemens. These are the operating instructions. And over on the Rockwell site, we had a new uh, user's manual on their PowerFlex dialed bus supply, as well as an application technique and guideline for their 12 plus, 12 pulse, <laughs> 12 pulse PowerFlex 750 series AC drives. Um, and over on Emerson's website, we had a new manual on the Bettis RTS connectivity with Profinet. You can see the module right there. And uh, in our other science and technology section, we had an article, and I'll tell you, when I was reading this at 5 o'clock this morning, it all didn't stick. But there's uh, some scientists who created a new drama camera to try to address the issue with 
high-speed digital cameras. They're very, very, very expensive. They have some issues with them, the anomalies that will come into the images. And so these researchers uh, came up with this drum camera um, concept where they used the micro mirrors, that uh, per pixel micro mirrors, to tr capture um, images. And in this case, they were capturing them every 0.23 microseconds. And apparently this is very inexpensive to build compared to the high-speed cameras on the market today. Now, this is all still in R&D, and some of the technology, again, 5 o'clock this morning, it really wasn't sinking in, but I still thought it was a very interesting article, and I wanted to share it with you uh, scientific uh, people out there. I thought you might like that. Now, with that, I want to thank our sponsor, theautomationschool.com. If you get some staff you need to train up on PLCs, HMI, or SCADA, please mention theautomationschool.com to them. Also, uh, if you think I missed any news today, please uh, click on the submit news link and send it in. It doesn't matter if you're a vendor, integrator, OEM, user, or just somebody who's watching the show. Send us whatever you think. Also, if you just want to say hi, you can do so uh, by using the talkback link. Submit your feedback. We also had some people in the chat. I wanted to say hi to Nikki. Hey, Nikki from Automation uh, Ladies, I believe that's the same Nikki. And um, we have a Frank. Hey, Frank, good morning. I know it's like four or five o'clock in the morning out in California today. And um, you see Sam, because of peak demand, they have a production stop at 2 p.m. and they start again at, again at 6 to save on the electrical bill. Isn't that weird? You stop production at 2 and then you start it back up at 6 p.m.? Weird. Um, in any case, I want to thank everybody who chatted with us this morning. And let's get back over here to the screen. Um, just a reminder, um, uh, automation.locals.com, that's a little community. We have 1,200, and we're up to 1,245 people following us. Thank you for everybody who followed this week. Um, I do have, I replied to all the messages and posts yesterday. I do have some more today, so I will get those today before I go to the campground. And um, so that's automation.locals.com. Also, huge thanks to everybody who picked up a copy of my ebook this week or a video collection. Thank you, guys. All the funds go directly back into the show and the blog and our websites. And the uh, same is true with our coffee cups and t-shirts if you pick up one of those. Thank you very much. With that, just a reminder that um, every single link that we cover today will be up at automate.news later today. There's no www, there's no.com, automate.news. So if, um, if you're looking for one of the links, you'll find them all there. And we also have filtering now, so you can filter by either the content type or by the company. Again, as I mentioned in previous shows, I haven't gone back and edited all the old ones from December on. I think I only get through December 1st through 12th. So slowly over time, when I get bored and my wife's watching something I don't like, I'll try to go up there and, and uh, add some of the old links back up there. And I'm trying to add tags to all the new stuff too, which is a, which is a, still a, a challenge, but uh, trying to tag everything. So if you're looking for something that's not in the title, you know, or, um, you know, just to make it easy to search by. So in any case, with that, that's it. That's the last show for September. I can't believe it. We made it though. That's good. And it's Friday. Fridays are always great, right? And, uh, you know, I know uh, I'm going to be going camping tonight. It's going to be raining all day, but uh, the wife still wants to go. So we'll get up there. We'll get under the awning and we'll uh, get our glasses of wine out or whatever we're, uh, we're going to relax with tonight and just enjoy the rain and each other's company. And um, think about all the work I got to do tomorrow. I'm hoping to finish. I got, you, you can't see the studio, but it, well, you can see over here, but it is a real mess because I'm moving bookcases out and I'm, I'm bringing in a conveyor and I got all this, all these boxes and shelving I'm, I'm working with and trying to move everything in the wall. I took all the, 
old panel views in 1771 and PLC 2s out and put them on shelves I've just put up. So hoping to have the place totally cleaned up and ready to start uh, producing new lessons here uh, shortly. So we'll be in there. And plus, the wife wants to park in the garage, so i got to clean up that mess out there. But in any case, why would you want to do that? It's getting it's getting really cold out. We're, we're closing in on time for the frost to start showing up. So I know if you don't have a garage, you know what it is like getting up every morning and scraping that windshield off, right? But in any case, uh, with all that said, I want to wish you all a very courageous, fearless, and awesome day and weekend. And until next time, my friends, peace.